before we get into today's comeback episode of the Sad Pacers Fan Podcast, I feel I owe an apology to all of the Jewish listeners of the Sad Pacers Fan Podcast, including myself, uh, most especially my dad. Um, on our most previous episode, we incorrectly stated that there were seven things we liked about the Pacers season without realizing that Hanukkah is actually eight days long. This <laughs> is a bit of a boneheaded move, especially since I got the idea by looking at a menorah. So, um, yeah, that that one's on me. Uh, I've learned from it, I think, and that's why we didn't put out our 14 Days of Christmas podcast. Uh, just learn from our mistakes and move on. Uh, with that being said... Let's go to DJ Buckner. Nine seconds, eight seconds, seven seconds. Oladipo to win another it. One. Another one! Another one! Another one! Another one! Another one! You can see it in the air! Hey, 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 hey. Coming to you live from a remote, undisclosed location in the Baja Blast Crave Cave in beautiful Plainfield, Indiana. It's the Sad Pacers Fan Podcast. I'm Joe Cohen. I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Christian Arvin. Christian, it's been weeks since fans of the pod have heard our lovely voices. How have you been? I'm good. It's it's good to be home. <clears throat> we're on We're on Christmas break now. A little bit of time away from school. Christmas season is through. All the craziness of that is is wrapped up. So I'm excited to have a little bit of time to sit back and relax and, and recover. How are you, Joe? I'm doing well. Just trying to relax uh, through the holiday season. I've uh, intentionally kept my slate a little bit clear so that I can just dedicate some time to uh, running, to planning out some school things, to watching Pacers basketball Try not to make myself too busy over the holidays. I think it's important to get a little r and I think we deserve it as teachers, not to toot my own horn or anything. But uh, we have a special episode in store for today. We are going to get this one right. We are going to list New Year's resolutions, which is something that people actually do. Uh, we're not going to make any mistakes with this. We're going to list New Year's resolutions for each Pacers player, alternating back and forth. We've assigned ourselves players from the roster. And then we're going to wrap it all up with a couple resolutions for the team. Do you have anything you want to say before we get going into this? Or should we just dive right in? Who did... I'm about to dive in. Is that Trey Songs? <laughs> dive in. <laughs> I think yeah, that I think was Trey Songs. Trey Songs. Do you want to go Trey Songs on this, or do you have anything to say before we get going? I was just, just going to say it's good to be back. Glad it's good to be home. Glad to be here in the Crave Cave, doing what we love, doing our real, true passion, and what brings home the big bucks for us, podcasting. Talking about Indiana Pacers basketball. All right. Let's get Start it, us off. Who Me do you have first? first? My first player is one that has... Um, I have two resolutions for him, really. Um, and that is uh, our, our first pre player on the list is E.K. 
Anigbogu. And the first resolution that I have for EK is that EK, you need to let your true self be known. I learned this today as I was looking back uh, over some of his stats, looking back uh, as I was prepping my list, and I learned EK is not EK's name. His, oh. his name is Christopher. <laughs> Christopher EK Anigbogu. Huh. So Christopher, hmm. let the real you show. I had no idea. I'm assuming this is what you texted me and said. I just found out something. Yeah. Is this what you, yeah. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I don't blame him. EK is way cooler. It is cooler. Um, Chris Anigbogu doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't have the ring. Like that. Right. As far as my real resolution for him, um, I found EK kind of challenging. Um, all in all, in the two years that we've had him on our roster since we drafted him, uh, we've seen 36 minutes of him in game action. All of those minutes, garbage time minutes. Um, and so it's really hard to kind of get a feel for him. Um, but he's he's on he's playing both ways. So he's playing with the Mad Ants some, and he's getting you know he's averaging about 29 minutes a game down there with them. But my biggest resolution for him is that for the times when he is up with the Pacers roster. Um, to make the most of any and all minutes that he gets on the floor, um, but to also just be a sponge. Just pick up all the little tidbits that you can from watching the game, from being there, from being around um, the main roster of players, from traveling, from being in on those practice. Just pick those little tidbits up, any little thing you can get, um, because there's a lot of valuable knowledge just from being around the team um, that that hopefully can translate and, and can be turned into potential and skill later yeah i like that um i'm gonna go ahead with my first player for resolutions it's boyan bogdanovich uh my resolution that i have for bogey is to keep shooting boyan currently sixth in the nba in three-point percentage at 46 percent now earlier in the year we were talking about him being the league leader in three-point percentage so this may seem like a big drop-off uh, but newsflash, 46% from three is still pretty unconscious. The league leader in three-point percentage right now is at 50%, which is going to be really hard to keep up for the entire season. Uh, so 46%, really, really solid three-point percentage. I want him to keep shooting the ball. He's got career highs across the board in scoring, uh, in assisting, in rebounding, in that three-point percentage, obviously, in his effective field goal percentage. Uh, he's just been... An excellent offensive player. He's really stepped up his game when the Pacers needed him to uh, with Victor Oladipo missing, what did he miss, 11 games or so. Uh, Bogey kind of took over that role as the man. Um, Yeah, I just want him to keep shooting the ball. Continue shooting. We need that. We need your stroke, Bogey. Love the triple Bogey. That's right. My next player that I have up here is uh, DC, Darren Collison. Um, and my resolution, the thing that I would love to see Darren Collison do is that he would up the aggression on the offensive end. And it doesn't have to be him being over aggressive. Um, it doesn't have to be any type of insane increase of aggression. Um, but, but I would like to see him maybe try to get a little more production offensively. Um, we've seen kind of a slight decrease um, in his offensive production from last season. Um, and they even mentioned, as we record last night's game, the the dismantling of the um, Detroit Pistons uh, when he had a, a really strong offensive game. He was he perfect really from the field. 
I think he had 19 points. Um, and Jeremiah Johnson, when he was interviewing postgame, said that his offensive output was a little down. Um, but I think it would be great just to get a little more offensive output from him, just to have another threat um, on the floor that helps space things out. It takes some of the burden off of off of Vic, um, and and he can help kind of help kind of carry some of that load. Um, also, he should dunk more. Last night was his first dunk of the season. Or the Pacers are one and zero in games where he dunks this season. Yeah, so dunk just more. Just advanced analytics. If you dunk, the game is over. The other team quits. So dunk more, DC. Do you think that any of his offensive regression has anything to do with? bogey's uh offensive growth this season or do you think that because those positions are so much different that they don't really mesh and this is just a down year for dc uh, it's it's very likely um that that could be part of the case and i think another part of it is probably the victor oladipo star power side of things as mm-hmm. well um but I, again i think it's just um and and dc does it does a nice job of getting us into our offense and, and being a facilitator in that sense. Um, but again, it's just it maybe find other areas where he can be a little more aggressive here or there off of his pick and rolls or um, getting himself into good spots where he can get kick out threes um, and then knocking those shots down. We saw last year that he is uh, a, a more than capable three-point shooter when he led the league in three-point percentage. Um, so it's just about being able to find those looks, knock down those looks, and, and continue to be a threat that other teams have to worry about. All right, my next player that I'm going to cover for a New Year's resolution is Tyreek Evans. Uh, here's my New Year's resolution for Tyreek Evans. Stop playing Red Dead. <laughs> Close. Start a trade rumor about yourself. Here's why I say that. Last year, <laughs> Tyreek Evans, sixth man for the Memphis Grizzlies. All we heard about all season Oh, Tyreek Evans, he's an expiring contract. The Grizzlies could be looking to move him. What does he do? He goes out there, 19.4 points per game, 5.2 assists per game, has a a great season, his best season since his rookie year. He cashes that in for a contract, a one-year deal with the Pacers this year. Do you have any idea? I don't know if you're looking at stats or not. Do you have any idea uh, what his point per game average is this season? I'd say probably nowhere near 19. Nowhere near Maybe 19. 12? 10.5 points per game. How about his assists per game? There were 5.2 last year. Two? Two and a half assists per game. So um, his numbers are way down. He's shooting 10% lower from the field than he was last year. There is no way around it. He's just having a bad season. Um, we've seen flashes. He's had two pretty solid games since he's come back from injury recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he just needed a mental reset. Uh, that first game he had back, his jumper looked really good. I don't think he missed in the first half of the first game that he came back. So, uh, it could be a mental thing with him, but my new year's resolution, start a trade rumor about yourself. Make, uh, make there be some buzz out there and maybe motivate yourself that way. That's, I mean, that's obviously partially joking, but, Mm -hmm. um, he, he needs some sort of spark to get him going this season because he hasn't been what the Pacers thought that they were going to get when they signed him. Go ahead and talk about your New Year's resolution for Aaron Holiday. That's your next player, right? Yep, Aaron Holiday is next up. Um, and <clears throat> maybe this is a little bit of a cop-out. I'm not sure. But for Aaron, really, um, it's very similar to, to Ike's in that 
you know, we're getting pretty limited sample size. We're seeing, obviously, much more of him than Ike. Um, I think we've only seen six minutes total of Ike this year. Um, so so we've seen very, very little of him. We're seeing more of Aaron Holiday. I've seen zero minutes from Ike. He's actually played on the team this season? A couple minutes. Um, when I was looking at basketball hmm. reference, he's had, I mean, it's literally like two or four minutes oh, wow. um, that he's played this year. Um, I didn't even know he got in. Yeah, it's been it's been very very, uh, very small sample size, um, but but with with Aaron um, again, I said same thing of he isn't to my knowledge he's not playing with the Mad Ants at all, is he? No, he's full time up with the team. Yeah, so he's full time with the team, um, which means this is with his with it being his rookie year, he is he is around the everything for the first time. Um, just really soak it all in, um, go out there, learn everything that you can learn everything that you can offensively, defensively from the coverages, talk to the vets, talk to Thad, talk to the people around you, um, and just figure out what it means to be a pro and then use your minutes well. And I think, I think the Pacers in, in a large part have been really happy with him and what we've gotten out of, out of him in his in the limited time that we've seen him this year uh but just grow just right. grow continue on your trend i i do love the way he plays uh i know that a very easy thing to jump on him about would be something like uh maybe he is a little reckless with his shot taking sometimes but i think he gets a pass for this reason i think that Every decision that he makes on the court, he's genuinely trying to help the team win. You see him make some excellent passes, uh, either right before or right after he takes uh, maybe a bad shot. And so I think what he's doing is he thinks he's he's helping the team by doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I don't think he's trying to get his numbers. I think he's really trying to win. He mm-hmm. seems extremely competitive, which makes sense being the youngest brother of three in the NBA mm-hmm. um, from a family full of athletes. So. Uh, from from everything that we've heard, the Pacers are very high on him. I know that uh, Brian Windhorse from ESPN squeaked this into something um, earlier this year. It wasn't that long ago, actually, a few weeks ago maybe. He said, uh, don't be surprised if the Pacers make a move uh, to move someone like Darren Collison or Corey Joseph because of how high they are on Aaron Holiday. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I know that Wendy's got his sources, but... I would actually be surprised if they traded anyone because of how good the chemistry is between the team. I can't see them breaking up the team. I don't think there will be any changes sure. between now and the summer. Sure. I, yeah. I don't see them breaking anything up, but I do think that the team is high on him. Um, and so next summer, Corey Joseph and Darren Collison are both free agents, I believe. Mm-hmm. One of them isn't coming back, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah, I, I would imagine they're going to. And they sort of split the starter role now really i know darren collison starts the games but i think they have equal amounts of minutes yeah and a lot of time kojo's in there in the closing time lineup right. he's finishing games sometimes it's the two of them side by side right yeah um so i would not be surprised to see aaron holiday being the uh the backup point guard next year or maybe even having a great training camp and launching himself into that starters role um so yeah i think learn as much as he can mm-hmm. While he's still got the, he can still say, "Oh, I did it because I'm a rookie." Rookie year, yeah. I I did find uh, Ike Anningbogo has been in uh, three games, 
He's played a total of six minutes. Um, <laughs> he appeared uh, on the 20th of October in a win against Brooklyn. Um, he appeared on November 23rd in a loss to San Antonio. Um, and he appeared in uh, a win on November 26th at Utah, playing, again, a total of six minutes this gotcha. season so far. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, to my next player, similar to E.K. Anigbogu. Uh, I have Alizé Johnson. and I'm jealous that you got this one. <laughs> it, my resolution for Alizé is, like you said with E.K., take advantage of any chance that you can get. Uh, what we've seen from him in the G League is that he's kind of a double-double machine. Earlier on in the season, he was putting up some insane shooting splits and some rebounding numbers. Um, for Alizé, I would say if... You get four minutes in a blowout. Do anything you possibly can to make an impression on the coach because he's got a motor, and that's not something that you can teach other guys. And so um, for him, it's just, you know, taking those opportunities. I really hope that the Pacers don't mess it up with him because I I think that he has a chance to be an impact second-round pick. Um, He's got that high energy. He knows how to rebound. It seems like he's got a shooting touch. Um so, yeah, I, I really look forward to him getting some chances. Hopefully he does in the second half of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you said that piece about his his motor, his energy, his effort. Um, that's one of the things that we talk about a lot um, with our coaching staff is that we can't coach effort. Um, effort has to be something that the player brings to the table. There's nothing that the coaches can do to get people to put more effort out there. And, and everything that we see from him shows that he brings – effort and intensity in high levels to um, every time he touches the floor. So really happy with seeing that. My next resolution that I have coming up here then is for someone that you mentioned during our Aaron Holiday discussion, Corey Joseph. Nice. You got you got great ones. I told you. I'm going to, here in just a minute, I'm going to rifle off like a bunch of them quickly because... Yeah, you'll, well, we'll get there, but okay. <laughs> go ahead with Corey Joseph. Uh, Corey Joseph, my resolution for you is to become a 40% three-point shooter. Hmm. He is currently sitting at 37.5%. So given 2.5% would be a, a decent jump for him to make. But I think that would, again, just be huge offensively, not only for him, but for the team. You become a 40% three-point shooter. That's someone that teams really have to think about. That means that, that your defender has to play one step closer to you, which means that's keeping the lane wide open. That's keeping help off of um, Miles or Bogey or Vic or anyone else that he's out there. It's keeping that help one step further away. Um, so uh, bump that three-point shooting percentage up a little bit and and continue to be that solid threat. I mean, I, we, we sing the praises of Corey Joseph a lot on this podcast, talking about the experience that he brings, um, being a champion and what comes with that, um, the the energy and effort, like we were talking about with Alizé, that he brings every day. He's always seems to be one of those um, guys that drives the team. Um, I've been really impressed, especially in the past couple of games, um, 
with just the effort plays that he's made. I remember a steal, uh, a deflection steal that he got in Atlanta that I was like, man, like mm-hmm. that is, that's a Corey Joseph play. Yep. Um, so keep that up and, and just try to improve that three point shooting, just a couple little ticks and, and continue to make our offense more and more dangerous. It, it's interesting. You said he's 37 and a half. Mm-hmm. I feel like he shoots at a higher percentage than that. I'm very confident in his three pointer when he's open. Um, I mean, anyone who's listened to our podcast knows how much we love Corey Joseph. I, I can't get enough of him playing. Um, I think that he just brings an entirely different dynamic to the team. You can tell he's a leader when he's on the court. Um, yeah, that, that championship mentality that he has, uh, I just really love his game. Uh, I think he's a really smart player. Um, my next player. TJ Leaf. Here's my New Year's resolution. Make like a tree. <laughs> Here's my New Year's resolution for TJ Leaf. Is to earn enough VC to buy an accessory. Uh, we've, we've mentioned this briefly in the past. <laughs> TJ Leaf looks exactly like a default NBA 2K character. Like you just clicked preset and then selected done a bunch of times and just went with it. Uh, TJ, you got to stop spending your VC on things that don't matter. What you need to do instead, save up a little bit. It's only like 150 VC for an armband. Get yourself a shooting sleeve. Get yourself uh, some knee sleeves. Get higher socks. I think he wears no-show socks. He's the only player in the NBA that wears no-show socks. Uh if you're really feeling daring, get a headband. Do something. Mix it up because he just looks like a giant white block out there. He looks default. The back of his jersey should just say your name. name. Last name. <laughs> yeah. It should just say last name because that's what he looks like. Yeah, don't don't worry about the skill attribu- attributes because, uh, TJ, I don't think you have much longer for your NBA career. Um, so you might as well look good while it lasts. Next one for me is, oh, uh, is. Dougie McDuncan, Doug McDermott. Um, my resolution for him is to be the first player to ever dunk from the three point line. <laughs> <laughs> it would mix both of his that best be both skills, of his strong suits. <laughs> all in one. When I think of him now, I don't think of him as a three point shooter. I think of him as like. This sick power dunker. He got another dunk last night. I know. He after he got <laughs> wrecked. It, right? Yeah, after he got <laughs> swatted. I was hoping, like, in the back of my head, I was just thinking, "All right, he's wide open. Just like reverse it or something. Just do <laughs> some kind of dunk, like pump it a little bit." Yeah. No, he was. Get the crowd go. He wild. was respectful with it. Not like Kylo Quinn. So is your your next player isn't Victor Oladipo? Uh, it is. It is. No, my next one is Doug. That's just uh, my resolution was for him to dunk it from the three point line. Next for me is Vic after after Doug. Um, okay. Okay. So, but yeah, in, okay, in, in addition to dunking from the three point line, um, I just like to see. And by this point, it's probably set. But I don't know. There are ways you can reinvent yourself. I'd like to see Doug become um, a better defender. Someone more reliable on the defensive end. Um, it's definitely an area where teams can and have and will um, expose us when he's on the floor. Defense just isn't his strong suit. So it's going to have to be an area that 
he's going to have to improve in, and maybe we won't see it in this season. But mm-hmm. when he goes in the summer, uh, when he goes in the off season, it's going to have to be working on that defensive awareness, agility, and being able to hold his own a little more defensively. Yeah. So what I'll say to that is uh, we've seen sort of a defensive transformation from Boyan Bogdanovich this season, and they've been in the league similar amounts of time. I feel like for some reason I think of Doug being in the league for a long time, but I think this is only like his sixth year, something like that. Yeah, he hasn't been in for long. Um, still fairly young, I guess. He's in his mid to late 20s probably, right? He was a four-year guy in college, so maybe he's older than I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, Couldn't leave daddy. That's right. But, yeah, I, I think that would be great for him because uh, I haven't really been disappointed with him. I know that his shot isn't maybe necessarily what we thought it would be. Um, but if he's open, I still think it's going in. Mm-hmm. And, and I we, think it will come. Yeah. Shooters go through slumps. And we've seen a different side of his game that I didn't know he had, which is the cutting and finishing at the rim. It's a super effective play when he's on the court because for some reason teams just aren't expecting him to cut to the basket when he's standing in the corner. They just play him to shoot. Yeah, and he gets that really nice baseline cut, and he pounds the ball when he when he dunks it. So... That's been nice to see, but yeah, I think that uh, becoming at least an average defender would be would be good for him. So this is why I was confused. My next player is Kyle O'Quinn, <laughs> but so the apostrophe comes before an L if you're going in alphabetical order. Yeah, I would guess so. Huh? Who knew? Not me, obviously. NBA.com knew. All right, so my New Year's resolution for Kyle O'Quinn. Stop being Lance Stevenson (laughs) 2.0. Now, as we record, it's a day removed from the blowout against the Pistons in which Kyle O'Quinn, for for seemingly no reason, took a layup with one second left, (laughs) uh, which just pissed the entire Pistons team off. I thought Zaza Pachulia was going to come out. Pistons. Yeah, I thought Zaza Pachulia was going to try to injure everyone that was sitting on our bench. Kyle O'Quinn took the layup, knew it was wrong because he just immediately started running Ran to the locker the room. Yeah, he immediately just started running to the locker room. But I was thinking, this isn't the only Lance Stevenson-esque thing that he does. Do you know what else he does that's similar to Lance? What else does he do? He headbutts the basketball. So Lance would famously, if if he ever got his fat ass off the ground to dunk the ball, he would headbutt the ball when it bounced up off the ground. Or kiss it. Yeah, or kiss it. Kyle O'Quinn, if something goes wrong, he takes the ball and headbutts it as he's inbounding it. He's Lance 2.0. So, so I have to take back all of my rantings from the last podcast. <laughs> so Kyle O'Quinn... Stop being Lance Stevenson 2.0. That's your New Year's resolution. That Irish temper. That's right. (laughs) All right, you're up. Vic is my next man. What could he possibly improve on? The two things that I have for him. um, One, stay healthy. Do whatever you have to do to take care of the body. Um, Especially this year, having him for that kind of extended layoff injury-wise and it was kind of mysterious. The team wasn't super forthcoming about what it was. Just kept calling it knee soreness. Do whatever you have to do to get your body right. 
make sure that you are healthy and ready to go, primed to go when it comes to the playoffs. And then resolution number two that comes off of that is in keeping your body healthy and being ready to go come playoff times, lead this team to the conference finals as a minimum. There we go. Step up when the lights are the brightest and take us deep. I, I love it when is... Vic takes it deep. <laughs> Vic does too. You can hear it in his music. <laughs> But I mean, I think I think that is that's his next step in his progression, and I think I think with that, it's part of what puts you. A couple pods ago, you laid out your case for him to become MVP. If he can do that, and I know that the voting happens for MVP before the before the playoffs happen, but you would assume if he stays healthy, he's going to continue to play at that level. That that he's going to have himself in that conversation, right? But to to take that next step. In development as a star in this league, take us deep into the playoffs. Take us past the second round. I'm still not I'm still not calling myself crazy yet about the MVP case for Oladipo. I think that the front runners right now are I think Giannis is probably the front runner. Far and away. Um but you never know if something's going to happen to him. Maybe he misses an extended period of time. I would say uh, another guy that has a good shout at it is someone like Steph Curry, but he's missed like 15 games or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he'll they're play not, maybe 55 games. Yeah, they're not going to give a guy who plays 60 games or less the MVP. I think Joel Embiid is having an amazing season. He has an MVP case, but if the Sixers finish fourth or fifth in the East, mm. are they going to give a, an insanely good player on a five seed in the East? Well, but let's talk the about MVP? that in the East comment here, <laughs> because as the records are right now, oh, this is so true. If you transplant the Indiana Pacers, we are the one seed in the West. It's true. The East is no longer a joke. Everybody. It's not. I think it's top heavy. So the top five teams in the East are very good. So you've got in this order. I think it's uh, Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, Sixers, Celtics. Um, Celtics weird season for them. It has been weird. Um, but they're, the, I mean, they're having to relearn everything that they should have gone gr- grown through last year with Gordon and everything. They're having to go through it this year. Right. I think Kyrie's another sleeper MVP guy because he's having a really great season too. It's just, he, he was nuts on Christmas day. Yeah. It's just the same thing. Like, you know, if they're the fourth or the fifth seed, you, I think it's, well, I wouldn't say sets a bad precedent because they did it with Russell Westbrook. There's been a bad precedent set. That but his was almost statistical anomaly too, with the exa- averaging a triple double. Exactly, everyone got all caught up in that. Right. Um. Anyway, back to Victor. I think that if the Pacers can surge, Milwaukee slips up. Toronto continues to stay at the same level. I mean, mm-hmm. they've kind of fallen back a little bit from their insane pace at the beginning, and the Pacers catapult themselves into the second seed or if they go on a huge run the first seed which i'm not predicting will happen i Mm -hmm. still think they'll finish probably around the third seed Mm -hmm. i think there is a strong case for him if he can be the leader of the team now what we've seen lately is just excellent team basketball Mm -hmm. so it's not looking like anyone besides Demata sabonis are going to be getting individual honors Mm -hmm. this season for the pacers but um Okay, Victor, and, well, carry the team. Well, with your with your team point there, and again, I, I'm not saying that it's a prediction that we will be 
first either, but we were talking about this the other day. If it weren't for horrible slip-ups and and not finishing games, and again, not to put it all on the blame on the refs, but some missed calls at the end of games as well. Again, we, we should have never been in positions to where those missed calls matter. Two very outlier games, I think yeah. we can see. Yeah, the loss to Cleveland and the loss to Toronto. We would be on a thir- what is thir- thirteen game winning streak. I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, j- that right there shows kind of the the resume that this team is building yep. and the the pedigree that we have yep. and our potential for this for this season. All right, my next one's going to be quick. My next resolution is for Devon Reed. Here's my resolution for Devon Reed. Who the hell is Devon Reed? All right, who's your next player? That's all I got. That's, that's perfect because when we when we were texting about this, I said good luck because I just learned not only is Devon Reed a person, but that he's a person that plays NBA basketball yeah. for the Indiana Pacers. Do you know what, though? I think I do remember... The Pacers picked him up off waivers, I Has think. Has he even played? Yeah, Has I he don't think he's played. <laughs> But I think they picked him up off waivers from like the Suns or something like that. I could I be s- making that up. I, I don't know. Him. I Maybe I'm thinking this, of TJ Leaf. How did I, he get on the I team? I think this is his second year in the league because um, I saw him in that draft that I yeah, was going to. I saw that too. Okay. Um, my next one, Domas. Oh, yes. He can't. The only thing he could do better is to. Um, I'm going to predict your resolution for him okay he your resolution for him is to actually wear the jersey that that player or that (laughs) fan presented to him the one that said saboner 69 (laughs) on the back he needs to actually wear that in games and if you don't know the picture we're talking about i'm gonna find uh who took the picture and i'm going to try to credit them and post it on our Instagram so that you guys can see this pic. It's absolutely priceless. It's someone, amazing. It was at the Atlanta game. Yeah, the other someone day. made a custom uh, Pacers jersey that says Saboner, and the number is 69, and nice. you can tell Domas absolutely loves it. Loves it. <laughs> All right, what's his resolution? Uh, so resolution number one is to change your number to 69. Yes. <laughs> um, but my my playing resolution for him is to win sixth man and most improved, but the real resolution part is to make them a no contest. Mm. Hands down, win those two awards and make it plain and obvious and clear to the world that, yeah, this is a no-brainer. Domas is the winner of both awards. He's having a pretty incredible season. Um, there have been, there's been chatter on other NBA-related podcasts I listen to about uh, maybe an all-star shout for him. Um, it would obviously be a coach's pick. He's not going to get voted in by the fans. But unless, uh, all, the, unless all the boneheads, that's rise right, up. all the boneheads. That's good. Um, yeah, the season he's having is has really been uh, wonderful to see. I think he's still the bench leader in double doubles. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty uh, sure. Uh, and again, double doubles aren't everything. But last night at at the Pistons game, he had his 16th double double <laughs> of the season which now is one more than he had in the entirety of the yeah. uh, of the 17-18 basketball season last year. So And we're 30 something games yeah, into like the season. 36 we're games. Not even halfway through the season. Yeah. Um I would love to see him win those awards. Even one of them I would be happy with. 
Hopefully he He's wins. He's got to have MIP not clapped out. Hopefully he wins most improved because that was one of our preseason predictions was that he was going to win most improved player. And it would be sweet to have a pacer give it to a pacer. That's right. And he should just give his car to that same woman. She should just be rolling around in two like brand new Kias. <laughs> Instead okay. of giving it to someone else, give it to the <laughs> same woman. <laughs> That Maybe she can fantastic. get them like, uh, like uh, welded together, and roll around in a super Kia. That would be sick. All right, my next one's gonna be another quick one. I have Edmund Sumner. My uh, New Year's resolution for Edmund Sumner, and this is gonna be uh, similar to what a lot of average civilians' New Year's resolutions are. And I would like to see Edmund Sumner gain 25 pounds. I was looking on Basketball Reference. He's six foot six. What does he weigh, 150? 176 pounds. <laughs> I nearly weigh that, and I'm a foot shorter than him. <laughs> we've, seen some, we've seen some good moments from Edmund Sumner when his, in his very limited playing time, but, dude, you are a twig. you got to put on a little bit put of weight. Some weight. Get near 200 pounds. Uh, that's my New Year's resolution for Edmund Sumner. I do like that he just wears like wrist tape, though. I think that's a cool look. <laughs> He's, that's a good good use of your VC. It's like a pro wrestler. <laughs> Next up. I'm jealous of this one. Miles. Yeah, I'm jealous of this one. <laughs> well, you can tag on if you have things that you want to add as well. Okay. But my biggest resolution for Miles Turner is to sh- stop shooting long twos. Mm-hmm. If uh, there is no point in shooting inside the arc for him, if he's shooting from more than 15 feet, free throw line, paint and in mid range, fine. But like in that in that pick and roll that we like to run early, dude, just pop it another two feet and make it a three. Yeah, he could easily just step a little bit further back. Mm-hmm. And, and there's there's a lot of the internet community. And the and basketball writers, both pacer writers and um, and bigger uh, organizations that talk about how Miles needs to shoot more threes. Mm-hmm. He needs to be more of a weapon out there. I, I we we talk about this a lot about his role that he's trying to define for himself and whether he's going to be a big presence inside or a stretch guy. And it's it looks more and more like the needle is moving towards stretch. Exactly. Yep. So you got to shoot it. You got to yeah. let it fly. Yeah. And it's not worth, like, getting into the math of explaining this, but there's more statistical value in shooting a three-pointer as opposed to shooting, like, a 19-foot jump shot, which we're seeing him take a lot of. He takes a lot of, like, near-the-top-of-the-key shots. And so he's shooting it from, like, 18, 19 feet. Even though the shot is further away, there's more statistical value. The percentages are close enough that uh, it's worth the risk of stepping back two extra feet or whatever, mm-hmm. two or three feet, and him shooting that shot. Plus, it's not like when you watch Darren Collison shoot, and it looks like he's trying with every fiber of his being to to shoot to the ball in the basket. Like He is physically not strong enough to get it there. Miles shoots rainbow jump oh, shots. Yeah. He has got the, he's got the I'm power. I'm worried he's going to hit the scoreboard. Yeah, he's got the 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 power to get it there. He's not going to get fatigued stroking them from 22 and a half feet or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a great resolution. Just take a couple steps back and uh, throw up those threes. My resolution for Miles would be never, ever take your hair out of a ponytail. Yeah. Because he's been different yeah. since he put his hair up. Yeah. 
uh, I know that a lot of athletes are very superstitious. A lot of professional athletes. Some of them are just a little stitious. So just a little bit. I think Miles is superstitious, extra <laughs> stitious even, because once he put his hair up in that ponytail, he had some games where I felt really stupid watching and like trying to get mad at little things that he uh-huh. did. <laughs> like he drops one pass, and I'm like. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> but he, meanwhile, he's got like 17 rebounds. Yeah, he's been on one since he started to put it back in. He that. absolutely has. All right, my final player. I think this is the final player on the team. Mm-hmm. It's our Daddius, our Zadius, Thaddeus Young. My New Year's resolution for Thad, and I'm glad that the numbers have backed me up on this, and it's not just my eyeball test. <laughs> How pissed off I get! Watching I already the know games. where you're going. <laughs> Thaddeus Young, practice some layups. Dude. <laughs> layups. <laughs> because holy shit. It's actually worse than I thought it would be when I looked it up. <laughs> I thought that I would look up what he's shooting on layups and I would be like, okay, it's really not that bad. You can you see my paper from here? Huh. Do you want to guess his percentage on layups? God, it should be. <laughs> Like in the 60s or 70s, I feel like, because they're layups. They're layups. They're two-foot shots. Yeah. I mean, I guess like 45. It's not 50. that bad. 58% on layups. <laughs> so he's just barely making half of his layups. Thad. That's a problem. He's big. He's like six foot nine. And he's he's a solid six nine, too. Exactly. He's not a finesse six nine. He's shooting 81% on dunks. He's making <laughs> eight out of ten dunks. <laughs> he's just gotta be better around the rim because he can't shoot it from anywhere else. Teams don't respect him. Nope. He takes a ton of corner threes. I saw his shot chart on Basketball Reference. He takes a lot of corner threes, and he's and shooting they're basically tw- all uncontested. Yeah, he's shooting twenty six percent on the season from three. One yeah. out of every four is not good enough. That is just not good enough. I I think that those corner threes. I think Sabonis could hit them at a better clip than Thaddeus is. Um. And that's not me saying you need to take that out of the starting lineup for Sabonis. What I'm saying is he shouldn't be taking that corner three. Mm -hmm. And if the only shot that he's going to get any respect on is layups, you've got to hit more than 58% of your layups. That is just not acceptable. Um, We've we've praised Thad for all the great things that he brings to the team with the leadership um, and just the high-energy stuff, hustle plays and intangibles. But, dude... Make a damn layup. Finish your layups, Dad. God, it's so frustrating. Now, I want anyone who hasn't noticed this, I want them to just, for like the next 10 games, focus on Thad's layups and see how many he misses. Because it's (laughs) a lot. He misses a lot of layups. All right, you want to do your first team resolution? Well, before we get into the team resolutions, I also made one other resolution for an individual. Okay. And that is for our fearless leader and our coach. Nate McMillan. Oh, we forgot to do Nate. Yeah, that's a good idea. My resolution for Nate is to up your offensive game or GTFO. Oh, dude, yeah. So this goes into my first team resolution. I said find a consistent second contributor. Like, teams play us, and they know that the main offense is going to run through Victor Oladipo. What do we do after that? Who's who's the second offensive threat? Like, who do we run plays for? And I, th- I think part of that comes down to offensive game plan. Yeah. I think that is a, a glaring weakness of this team. 
and that uh, you've heard kind of Chris and Quinn talk about it some recently on broadcast that we are an incredible defensive team, an elite defensive team. It's been very good. Um, and a mid lower average offensive team. There has to be more nuance. There has to be more options that are available. Um, I remember in particular watching, uh, I think it was the Toronto game that we crapped away. The last four minutes of that game, the offense was Darren Collison dribble the ball for 17 of the 24 seconds and then penetrate and try to kick or throw up a shot in the lane. And I think it was Vic because he turned Vic. He yeah. turned it over in the paint at yeah. the very end of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still Vic. Had a chance. Vic dribble for 17 seconds and then <sighs> attack or kick out to someone. Yeah, and that is that's not basketball. Mm. That's how that's how Houston plays. Right. And Houston, everyone can agree, Houston is terrible to watch. And what we should be, and what we were last season, and what I think we strive to be this season is like the antithesis of Houston. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's going to be the case, then. At the end of the game, we need to just run good offensive sets mm-hmm. like we normally would, and not just move the ball. Try to force it's not Victor like, Oladipo into playing hero ball. Yeah, it's yeah. not like he's the only option. Like right. we have oh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Have yeah. We have Bojan Bogdanovic who was leading the league in three point percentage. Right. We have Darren Collison who led the league last year in three point percentage. We yeah. have Miles who is becoming more and more of an offensive threat. We have Domas. Like yeah. there are plenty of capable players. Please add some nuance to our offensive attack. All right, Christian. Oh, do you have a team resolution? I do have a team okay, resolution. Okay, let's hear it. As well. And then we're going to get out. Uh, the, the team resolution that I wrote down um, was to come out and play like a top three team should every night. No more playing down to competition. No more losing games, throwing away leads to the Cleveland Cavaliers. No more getting 15, 20-point leads and then letting teams, no matter where they are, crawl back and then make it a game at the end. Come out and play like a team that is supposed to be top three and an elite contender out of our conference. Don't play down to the competition. Win the games that you should. Put them away so we can rest easy in those late third and fourth quarters. Yep. The team is good. It's time that they know that they're good. Um, I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. All right. Uh, we went much longer than I thought we were going to. I remember when, right before we started, I said this is probably going to be a shorter one. Um, and we are closer to an hour than we are a half hour. So uh, if you've stuck with us, thank you for listening this long. Um, anything else before we go? I want to wish everybody a happy new year whenever you're listening to this. Um, as we record, it's the 29th. You'll You'll get this by... By New Year's Eve, I would say. For sure. Um, yeah. Happy New Year. Stay safe. Send us your Pacers resolutions. Yeah. We would like to hear your Pacers resolutions. You can email us uh, your Pacers resolutions at sadpacersfan at gmail.com. You can DM us. Just make sure that there's a picture attacked, attached <laughs> on Instagram at sadpacersfan. Uh, you can DM on Twitter. Just make sure there's a picture attached at Sad Pacers Pod. For Christian Arvin, I'm Joe Cohen. We're, We're just, just trying, trying to pod, pod good. good. Picture attached.
Another one! Another one! Another one! Another one! You can see it in the air!